the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's few things that are so light and transient as fame. And yet some people live for their moment in the spotlight. And what Jesus is saying is that's your motivation for giving and praying and fasting, then that's all the reward you will ever get. Enjoy it while it lasts. Jesus taught that the things that we choose to do and the things we choose to say should be done for the pleasure of an audience of one, our Father in heaven. Doing just that gets harder and harder, doesn't it, in this social media-saturated world we live in. I'm Mike Trout, and this is Study Verse by Verse. Our teacher will be Pastor Leighton Sheely once again, and he's continuing to take us through the book of Matthew. I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And if you want to know Jesus more, the place to do that is in the Gospels. There's four of them. Either they were written by apostles or their direct associates. These are first-hand reports of what Jesus said and did, which is important because everything about Christianity revolves around Christ Jesus. And so we want to know him more. We want to know more about him. That's why we've chosen to study the Gospel of Matthew. Now, as we've been studying the Gospel of Matthew, we now have arrived at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is covered in chapters 5 through 7. And, uh, you know, it is a good practice to periodically uh, return to basics, back to basics. I remember hearing about a a winning football coach, and uh, he started every season with the first lecture to his team saying, this is a football, and then went on to proceed uh, to give the fundamentals of the game because he wanted every member of the team to understand what football was all about. And uh, these words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount are the fundamentals of what Christianity is all about, straight from the founder, Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Matthew's Gospel presents Jesus as king, and scholars call this Sermon on the Mount the manifesto of the king. And so uh, we want to know what the Bible is about, we want to know what the kingdom is about, and in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus describes his kingdom. Now, before we begin the study of chapter 6 today, I want to bring to your attention some things to look for, because there are phrases that Jesus repeats several times. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, everything in the Bible is important because it's the Word of God. And when something is mentioned more than once in the Bible, it's because it's very important. So there's some themes here that are repeated more than once. For instance, Jesus oftentimes repeats, repeats the phrase, the Father will reward you. And regarding rewards, there is a common unbiblical paradigm that is entrenched in some Christians' minds because it seems to be biblical and righteous. They believe that there is no place for a reward motive in the Christian life, that we're supposed to be good for the sake of being good. And uh, Jesus doesn't hold that point of view. Many times in this passage, he talks about rewards for giving and praying and fasting uh, correctly. And it's not just limited to this chapter. In chapter 5, he talks about those who loyally bear persecution will receive their reward. In chapter 10, he talks about 
anyone who gives a little one a cup of water in the name of Jesus will not lose his reward. In chapter 25, the parables of the talents and the last judgment include rewards. So it's abundantly clear to us from Scripture that Jesus does not hesitate to talk about rewards and punishment. God loves to give rewards. And we've got to be careful. We don't think of ourselves as being more spiritual than Jesus. Now, most of the rewards that Jesus talks about here are focused on the life to come and not in this life or this world. And, and people who are focused on this world assume that being good should result in being rewarded, that prosperity and righteousness are somehow linked. And some variations of this kind of preaching and teaching are called prosperity gospel. And, and for those who bought into it, they're a little bit confused when good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Well, the book of Job was written to contradict this notion that goodness and prosperity, righteousness and prosperity go hand in hand. He was a good man, and yet bad things happened to him. The fact of the matter is, this world is rarely fair, and it's rarely just because it is fallen. It is in, state, in a state of sin. And, but someday, God is going to make all things right. So Jesus wasn't talking in terms here of earthly rewards or material rewards. The rewards of the Christian life are rewards that are valuable only to the spiritually-minded person. To a materially-minded person, they may not even be considered rewards of all. And that's because the real rewards of our Christianity and our Christian life are out of this world. Literally, out of this world. Now, another recurring phrase that Jesus taught was that if we do these acts of righteousness in order to be seen by others, seen by men... And that was all the reward that we would receive. The word in the original language was a commercial and business word meaning payment in full. They sought the praise of men. They received the praise of men. There is no more to come. They can't expect a heavenly reward because they have been paid in full. And there's few things that are so light and transient as fame. And yet some people live for their moment in the spotlight. And what Jesus is saying is that's your motivation for giving and praying and fasting, then that's all the reward you will ever get. Enjoy it while it lasts. Jesus taught that the things that we choose to do and the things we choose to say should be done for the pleasure of an audience of one, our Father in heaven. Now, another phrase Jesus used repeatedly in this passage was, then your father who sees in secret, who sees in secret. So it's an important thing that we understand that Jesus taught that the father sees everything, everything we do, even things we do in secret. The author of Hebrews wrote, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There are no secrets in the spiritual realm. And I'm so thankful for the invitation that follows Hebrews 4.13, because if we continue reading, we find, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy 
and find grace to help us in our time of need. When do we have the greatest need of grace and mercy? Right after we sin. What is our natural tendency to do right after we sin? It's not to try to get closer to God. It's to try to run away and hide. The Bible says don't do it. We should approach the throne of grace. So coming back to this matter of rewards, God rewards the good things that are done even in secret because nothing is secret from God. Even what's in our hearts and our minds at our motivations. To God, it not only matters what we do, it matters why we do what we do. So Jesus teaches in these verses about giving and prayer and fasting. And he follows the same outline in all of them. He warns us not to seek the praise of men. He assures that if we do, that's the only reward we're going to get. He commands us to perform these for an audience of one. And he promises that God, who sees in secret, will reward us. Now, with that as an introduction, let's begin reading the passage at verse 1 of chapter 6. And Jesus here introduces the subject of practicing righteousness or acts of righteousness. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So he gives us a general introduction to what he's talking about. And now he focuses our attention on giving. Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpets before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they might be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, at first, these words might seem to contradict what he had just taught in the previous chapter, chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, where he says, let your light shine before others so they might see your good works. But there's no contradiction because in that passage, he's talking about the correct motivation for doing that, and that is to give glory to your Father in heaven. The bottom line is that everything we do uh, ought to bring glory to the Father in heaven. And then he talks about prayer. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they might be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, Jesus here is not suggesting that we only pray in private because... There are many examples in Scripture where Jesus and his disciples made public prayers. The point of, the, uh, of this is that the prayers that were made by those who were seeking uh, to be seen by men were done so instead of prayers to God. Verse 7, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. And so Jesus insists that we be reminded that when we come to God, he is more ready to give than we are to pray. We don't have to coax or pester uh, God into answering our prayers. He wants to answer our prayers with things that are good for us. Sometimes we pray for things that he knows are not good for us and he doesn't give it to us. Because he's the all-wise and perfectly loving Father. And then Jesus said, pray like this. Not these exact words, but like this. 
And so the prayer that he has provided is a model of prayer. It's, a, it's important for us to uh, look, note the order of the petitions because the first three have to do with God and his glory and the second three have to do with us and our needs. And the point of this is that in everything, God comes first. Uh, in our prayers, God comes first. In fact, later in this chapter, Jesus is going to say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he goes on to give us this model prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Do you realize we have the incredible privilege of coming into the presence of Creator God as our Heavenly Father? We'll pick up right there on Monday as Pastor Leighton Sheely takes us verse by verse through the Lord's Prayer. This is an outreach called Study Verse by Verse, a ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. If you've never been to Church of the Highlands and you're looking for a home church somewhere you can worship and serve, then I encourage you to check out their details on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. There are multiple services across the weekend and many opportunities for the entire family to worship. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed weekend and come back on Monday when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.